0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and this will be part three of our State of the Art 2010. And last time I left off, showing this set of images, looking at the small bowel, making the point how good we can see the mesentery, how good we can see the bowel itself, and just the role of CT as we get to faster and faster scanners, our ability to look at the vessels, look at bowel. For example, in the case of Crohn's disease, the ability to detect activity or define activity based on the vasorecta. I also made the point in this case, or I was going to make the point in this case, when you look at the axial imaging here or here, you can see very nicely the thick and small bowel. And you have a certain amount of information about the bowel wall. If I take that in the coronal, you have a bit more information, particularly on this next image, because you really can see the loop in uh, a great portion of it, rather than just in cross sections, you see some of the feeding vessels going to it. But take that, put it into MIP and look how much more information you have not so much more in the bowel itself but in the mesenteric vessels and the detail of submillimeter sized vessels is very clearly defined and then if you take that and go to volume rendering now we can see the thickened inflamed bowel as well as the mesentery and you could see the type of detail and information you get this is significantly more information than you had looking at the axial imaging or in other case very similar thickened small bowel Submucosal halo, great for Crohn's disease. There is some stranding around there, seen also on the um, coronal view. So you know very well what we're dealing with. And then when you look more carefully as you take this into a MIP and volume rendering, you really can see the submucosal edema. You can see the prominent vascularity. So we make the point that we can not only detect the presence of disease, but define its activity. Okay, very important in Crohn's. Beautifully seen small bowel, large bowel in this example, um, the vasorecta, just beautiful imaging. We then look, another example, patient with abdominal pain, mass in the mesenteric calcification, carcinoid tumor. You very nicely see this. You can see the uh, iliocolic vessels, slightly irregular, we'll cone down a little bit more. There's the mesenteric mass, there is the vascular abnormality. So now we're looking not just in inflammatory disease, but now we're looking at tumors. So our ability to detect small tumors, in this case, looking at the arterial phase, as well as the venous phase imaging in a patient with a, uh, with a carcinoid tumor that had gone undiagnosed. We could take it a bit further. Look at this case. Patient with suspected carcinoid. If you look hard at this distal small bowel, you see some possible vascular lesions. Maybe they're real, maybe they're not. But if you put it in coronal, you see it again. And if I adjust that into a volume display, now you see multiple hypervascular lesions in the one to three or four millimeter range. These are multiple carcinoid tumors. And if I put it into MIP, look how many vascular lesions you're indeed seeing. So another set of images going from the volume to more of the MIP. So here we're seeing a cluster of small carcinoid tumors. These are things we typically don't recognize, but now with high resolution, spatial resolution, high temporal resolution, volume data sets, faster injections, better timing, that's the kind of detail we can get. Now we've spoken about how common things are missed, and in this article we mentioned that mesenteric disease is missed in about one-third of cases. Uh, again, there are certain misses that are expected, but if you're not looking at the vessels in 3D, you n- you're going to miss things. There is no way around it. And those last couple of cases showed you not only missing diagnosis, but also even when you make the diagnosis, not maximizing the information that's possible. Now what else? In terms of visualization, I've given you a number of lectures in the past on the kidneys. And just to make the point, visualization of the kidneys is best in a volume display Looking at the uh, renal arteries using a combination of volume rendering and MIP. As in this example, we use the information for a number of things. Based on vascularity, I can tell you this is a clear cell renal cell carcinoma and not a papillary tumor which is hypovascular. I also can tell you the tumor is aggressive based on the neovascularity. And I can tell you that although potentially this tumor would be able to be resected with a partial nephrectomy, because of the neovascularity, it's an aggressive tumor, and this patient might be best served with a classic nephrectomy. Angiogenesis is really matched nicely with neovascularity. New chemotherapy is looking at angiogenesis or anti-angiogenesis factors, and 3D CT angiography works very nicely in that regard. Or in this example, infiltration, the right kidney, the cortical medullary interface is gone. Look at the normal left kidney, neovascularity seen, a very nice example of uh, tumor infiltration. And this was actually a renal cell carcinoma. We debated renal cell versus transitional cell. Transitional cell I favor because of the infiltration, or the neovascularity you have to be thinking renal cell. And it's not just on the vascular end of things, look at this case, cortical medullary phase Look at the left renal pelvis. There's something infiltrating in that region. If you take that on the excretory phase, you very nicely see the mass infiltrating the mid to lower pole calyces. Classic CT urography, classic appearance of a transitional cell carcinoma. So again, the 3D mapping, the visualization techniques, are not only on the arterial and venous side, but on the caliceal side, on the CT urographic side. And you can see that again in this example. You should recognize in the axial imaging the infiltration of the left renal pelvis, the distortion of the calyces, but one would have to admit it's a whole lot easier to see on these multiplaners where there's occlusion or near occlusion and irregularity of the upper pole calyx, there's uh, expansion of the upper pole calyces due to the infiltrating transitional cell carcinoma. So again, very nice visualization on these two renderings, and you can see that not only volume rendering but MIP can be very helpful in this scenario. In terms of imaging in neuroradiology, nice example of a middle cerebral artery aneurysm, a number of articles have showed CT angiography, excellent for detecting even small aneurysms and defining location, beautifully shown in this example, showing you the feeding vessels, and planning surgery or embolization can indeed be done based on these vascular maps. Now the last thing we'll comment on is cardiac CT, and we've given a number of lectures most recently talking about high spatial and high temporal resolution. We talk about the very high negative predictive value of CTA, approaching 100%, positive predictive value in the uh, 89 to 92%, and you can see just a number of the articles that have been published at 64 Slice. Think about this article by Budoff again, focusing on the negative predictive value. Uh, There's another article by Miller, New England Journal of Medicine. The results weren't quite as good, but there was a different population, a population with a uh, known atherosclerotic disease. And so the number of things we can look at, we speak about visualization, from looking uh, particularly at anomalous vessels to complicated vascular anatomy. Here showing you a normal right coronary and then pulling that coronary out with curved planar reconstruction. The point is we use multiple tools for looking at images to better understand things. And We also recognize you always need to be careful, because in this case, you look at the patient's LAD, it looks fine. But here if I just change the renderings a bit, you can see there seems to be a stenosis. And so if you go across the four images, normal to stenosis and occlusion. So again, with the best of rendering techniques, you need to be very careful. Never assume seeing anything on one view is the right answer. It's also the reason we always speak about doing things yourself. You're not going to be fooled by what someone else thinks is a lesion. 3D maps nicely in this case, um, a variation of normal. The patient's LAD and CERC arise directly off the left cusp, beautifully seen with color-coded and uh, grayscale volume rendering, nicely shown in these examples. And we'll simply just rotate that image set around. And again, changing the rendering parameters really gives you a good feel of the three dimensionality of the lesion. or Which is again a variation that is of no clinical significance typically. When we look at plaque disease, in this case mixed plaque, the ability to quantify to define degree of stenosis, we're getting better. Uh, now than ever before at being accurate and reproducible. Things with complicated anatomy like lima graphs, for example, we're able to look at graphs or in this case both lima and venous graphs. CT shows a very high accuracy in that scenario. We're looking at new things. Visualization of not only coronary plaque, but classification of the plaque. Using the computer to try to analyze plaque and perhaps determine which patients have plaque that puts them at higher risk and maybe they should be managed more aggressively, but very nice visualizations of plaque, and you can see just some of the software that's being used. And again, the key thing will be accuracy, reproducibility, and ease of use. And whether it's things like left ventricular volumes or it's mapping, these are all things we are seeing now making its way into CT onto the workstations. So when you look at it, when you think about it, regardless of the application, The future really is the integration of data acquisition with the highest possible spatial and temporal resolution with the least dose possible with software allowing for optimal visualization of the data set. It's only by getting the best software can we give the best answers to the patient. We want personalized radiology, the right test for the right patient, the test being performed as good as possible with the best interpretation and then rapid dissemination of the information to allow the patient to be managed quickly. Uh, I've often used this quote, there was an article in um, Radiology a couple years back, that makes the point about the sea of change based on MDCT. And this sea is definitely something we're in now, we're being washed uh, ashore uh, with it. Uh, The key is really to control it. Make certain uh, it can. We, it doesn't control us. I think there's lots of opportunity in imaging, and um, hopefully, if you attended my course, you would have heard 32 lectures to follow that really gave you a lot of what we're going to see. But if you weren't there, there's always next year, and there will be many talks that we'll be doing on CTSS beginning we'll next week. And with that, have a great day.